a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. You may have seen this morning, or for this morning, one of these flyers, uh, which tells you the theme of this morning, which is social networking. Social networking. And as I was thinking about this theme uh, just over the last uh, few weeks in preparing for this morning, I came across some interesting facts about the internet. And uh, I thought I'd share a few of them with you. So, for example, 73% of the UK population is now online. And that was a figure from May, so it's probably gone up since then. But in May, 73% of the UK population is now online. And of all online time, and I think this is worldwide, of all online time, a total of 5% of online time is spent on Facebook. Now, for some of you, it may be considerably more than 5%. uh, But for one website alone, worldwide, that's quite a significant stat. Over 30% of our leisure time is now spent online, according to a survey late last year. And if YouTube were a country, it would be the third most populated country in the world. It's huge, isn't it? I like this one. It took radio, the wireless, if you prefer, 38 years to reach 50 million listeners. Terrestrial television took 13 years to reach 50 million viewers. The internet took just four years to reach 50 million people. Facebook added 100 million users in less than nine months. It's huge, isn't it? It's massive. Social networking online is certainly a growing phenomenon. That's undoubtedly true in our day and our generation. Now, the point of this is not to teach you about the internet. You might be thinking, Graham, I didn't come to to hear about the internet this morning. That's fine. I want to illustrate the point to you that people are looking for relationships, friendships in some cases. And the internet is is a popular way of widening friendship circles. People are looking for relationships. And there may be some of you this morning who are, who are looking for, maybe uh, you're, you're praying for perhaps, a significant relationship. Maybe you're looking for, praying for perhaps, a husband or wife. You're looking for somebody to spend the rest of your life with. You're looking for that significant other, if you like. And that's uh, high on your agenda at the moment. Maybe if you're a Christian, high on your prayer list. Well, there may be others of you who are looking to increase your circle of friends. You're looking to widen your network of friends. Maybe even some of you are new to the city. Maybe you're a student and you're new to the city. And you're you're looking to uh, increase your circle of friends and increase that, that network. Maybe for some of you, you've got a great circle of friends. But really what you're after are a few really good ones. You know, the sort of people that you can be totally honest with and vulnerable with, those sort of people who know your weaknesses, know what you're really like, and they're still your friends. Maybe for some of you, you're looking for that sort of uh, person. The leaflet said, 
Church is about relationships. Church really is about relationships with other people and with a loving God who's interested in you. I wonder, have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered that? That church is about relationships, but it's about relationships with a loving God who's really interested in you. The big story of this book, the Bible, is a story about a God who loves people. That's the big story, right the way through the Old and the New Testament. God who is after a relationship with mankind, men and women, people like you and me, even this morning. So right at the beginning of time, you get uh, creation, you get Adam and Eve, and you get God creating people for a relationship, for friendship. And he wants that relationship with Adam and with Eve. A bit later, you get, um, you get God calling somebody called Abraham. And uh, God calls Abraham to, to go to a different place. And uh, he wants a relationship with him. But actually, it's not just Abraham, nor is it even just Abraham's family. But now what God's after is a whole people. Now, actually, God's after a whole nation and forms the nation of Israel. And the purpose for them was always not for some exclusive deal with God, but rather to demonstrate to the nations around them what it was like to follow God, what it was like to be a nation with God right at the very center, right at the heart of their life together. If you think about Jesus, one of the first things he did was to call people to follow him. And if you know your Bible, you'll know he calls a dozen guys to follow him, to be his disciples, to spend time with him for that relationship with them, that he could pour into them and teach them and be with them. And I, I guess they had great fun together. I mean, think about it. You read some of the accounts of Jesus in the Gospels, and you think, it must have been fun hanging out with Jesus. It must have been a great person to be around. You think about the crowds that followed. There must have been something about Jesus that was attractive to people to follow, to be with, to spend time with. Even God himself lives in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a God of community. God is a God of relationships. And this thinking about relationships, as I was thinking about today, reminded me of a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 10. So if you've got a Bible with you, perhaps you'd like to, to turn to it, please. Numbers chapter 10. Don't worry if you haven't, I'll, uh, I'll read the passage to you. But just to give you some context and some background before we get there, the people of God, the nation of Israel, had landed up in Egypt and uh, they'd become slaves to the Egyptians. Dash was talking about this in his song earlier, which was, which was great that it linked in so well. And uh, the people of God, the nation of Israel, had ended up in Egypt for good reasons to start with many years before, to be fed. But they'd stayed there and they'd grown and they'd become such a force that the Egyptians were rather nervous of them and so they were oppressing them and they'd become the Egyptian slaves. And so if you were an Israelite, life was not good for you. It wasn't a great place to be, an Israelite, in Egypt at that time. And uh, the Israelites, the people of God, called out to God to rescue them, to save them from the oppression that they were under. And so God sent them Moses 
to bring them out of Egypt and to rescue them from the oppression that they were under. And so what's happened just before the passage we're going to read in a second is God has sent Moses to to them. They've left Egypt miraculously. We don't have time to look at that all this morning, but God's called them out of Egypt and they're now heading to a place that God has promised them. They called it the promised land. And they're on their way. They're on a journey now. And uh, God has promised them a place that they're going to go to. It's going to be theirs. It's going to be home for them. And on the way, we find Moses is speaking with his brother-in-law, a guy called Hobab. And this is where we pick up the story. So if you've got your Bible there, it's Numbers chapter 10. And we'll start reading at verse 29. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He answered, no, I will not go. I'm going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the desert, and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The ark of the covenant of the Lord was before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Okay, another version, another translation uh, rather, of the Bible, and the American Standard Version, puts verse 29 like this. It says, Then Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, who's also known as Jethro, by the way, Moses' father-in-law, he says this, We're setting out to the place to which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will do you good. For the Lord has promised good things concerning Israel. So Moses was so confident of God being with them. He was so confident of God's presence with them and of how good that would be for them that he could say to somebody, Hobab in this case, he could say, come with us, we'll do you good. And you can imagine the conversation, can't you? I'm going to Hobab and say, hey, look, look what God has promised us. Come with us and we'll do you good. And he was so confident of that that he was really quite clear and quite direct about it. Moses was confident of God blessing Hobab for just being around them because he knew that God was around them as well. He knew the presence of God was around. So I wonder, are you that, are you that confident of the presence of God? I wonder, for, for those of you perhaps who invited somebody this morning, I wonder what was going through your mind as you did that. Was it this sort of phrase that, Moses was using here, come with us, it'll be good for you. <laughs> An enthusiastic confidence in God. Or was it like, a, we, we, we've moved to the quad, do you want to come? <laughs> I wonder how, how was it for you. But are you that confident of God's presence? I think we can be, because God's promised it. Moses was eager that Hobab would, would do well, to do well, to be around them. Because he knew that God was with them, and Hobab hanging out with them as well was going to be good for it. So for those of you who are here this morning visiting us, and there are many of you who are, I want to say how welcome you are. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us this morning. And if you're visiting us and you're not part of any other local church in Derby, 
then there are some things that I'd like to say to you this morning on this sort of thing. Things that I want to pick up from this passage that I'd like to, to mention to you and apply to you. And so if you're not part of another local church here in the city, then the first thing I'd like to say to you is this. Come with us and we will do you good. Come with us and we will do you good. Now let's be really clear. There's nothing special about us. We're very normal. Most of us <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> There's certainly nothing special about me. But I can say very confidently, come with us and we'll do you good. Because whilst we might be very ordinary, we serve a very extraordinary God who's promised us some good things. So there is something special. It's the presence of God. Now in Numbers chapter 9, the passage before the one that that we read there, you find an account of, of the cloud. And the, there's this cloud above the, uh, the people of God here. And it's a symbol, it's a sign, if you like, of the presence of God. And they can look out from the camp and they can see the cloud there. And when they see the cloud, they know God's with them. It's sort of reassuring. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you see the sun still where it should be. You think, that's good, that's reassuring, <laughs> that the world is still going, we're okay. Well, they can look out of the camp and they saw this cloud. And for them, a cloud was a sign of God's presence. And when the cloud moved, they followed. There's no hesitation. They wanted to be there. Wherever the cloud was, that's where God was. And they were going to follow it. And they did. And so they were confident of God's presence. Now, you can't always see God's presence like that. But you can see it spiritually, and you can sometimes sense it when you're around the people of God. And when you're, when you're in, a, in, a, in a meeting, perhaps, where the presence of God is there, you know it. You can feel it. Sometimes it almost feels like you can reach out and touch it. You see, just like God gave the people of God, the Israelites there, some promises, God has given us some great promises as well. He's given us some great promises as a church. He's promised to be with us. Just like he made the promises to Joshua in Joshua 1. And don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm going to be with you. God said those sort of things to us. He's given us some other promises about what he wants to do in the city. He's spoken to us about building Jubilee Church. And just like the cloud led the Israelites, we believe that God is leading us. Even to this place. Even to start meeting here, we believe God is with us and we're doing our best to follow him and keep up with what God is doing. So whether you're a Christian this morning or whether you think, well, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. I just came along to see what all this church lark was about. I'm not really quite sure what I believe. Well, hey, that's okay. You're really welcome as well. And whenever, wherever you'd be along that, perhaps that line, if you like, I want to say to you, come with us. We'll do you good. Get connected in. Join the community. Try and be a part of what God is doing. It says on the back of the, uh, the welcome booklet that I'm sure many of you would have, would have had this morning. It says this, joining the church is not joining an organization. It's joining a community and becoming part of the family. So I want to invite you this morning, come be part of the family. Come be part of what God is doing amongst us. See, God's design for us is to be in relationship together. That's how God intends it for us. 
So I want to encourage you, come with us. We'll do you good. Be blessed around what God is doing. Now, if you're not a Christian here this morning, maybe you, you came with somebody, maybe you were given a flyer or you just heard about it and you thought, I'll oh, just go and see what these guys believe. I'll, I'll go and see what's going on. Well, I'll encourage you, still, still come and find out more. Adam spoke a little bit earlier about the, uh, the Alpha course. And Alpha is a great introduction to, uh, to what it means to be a Christian. It's a course over about 10 or so weeks. And uh, it answers some of the big questions of life and gives you a chance to ask lots of questions yourself. And it's a, a great introduction. So if you'd like to go, then, as, as Adam said so helpfully, is that there's a launch of it next Saturday at the Riverside Centre on Pride Park. You can go. You can go free as well if you see somebody in the welcome team. And off the back of that, you can do an Alpha course and find out a bit more about what it means to be a Christian. Maybe you're looking for a relationship this morning. Maybe you're looking for purpose and meaning. Maybe you're trying to work out what life means, trying to put it all together. Maybe you're a bit like it was said Michael Jackson was just before his death. I was listening to an interview with um, Uri Geller just a day or so after Michael Jackson died. And the interviewer on the radio said to him, so was Michael a, a, lonely, a lonely man? And he replied, yeah, Michael Jackson was a very lonely man. And so here's somebody who had world idolization, lots of fans around the world. He actually, when it came down to it, was a pretty lonely guy, very lonely individual. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. Maybe things aren't going so well for you. Maybe at one point in time, life was going great. But then for whatever reason, it's just gone bad lately. And maybe you feel like you've hit rock bottom. Maybe you feel like there's nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn. Maybe you feel like you're right at the bottom of that crevasse. There's sort of, you don't know where to go now. There's, it doesn't seem to make sense anymore. You think life can't get any worse, surely. Well, if that's you, I want to invite you. Come with us. We'll do you good. We want to point you to Jesus. Point you to a God who loves you and is for you and wants a relationship with you. Maybe for you, on the surface, people would think things are going really well. Maybe you look like you've got it all together. Maybe you sort of give off that impression of having it all sussed, being in control of things and, and, and knowing what's going on. But yet on the inside... No one would know, but on the inside, when you, when you get home, when you shut the door, you just feel really lonely. You feel like you don't quite know where to turn. You don't quite know if really things are important anymore, or even if you're important. Again, I want to say to you, come with us, and I want to point you to somebody who loves you and is for you and has got a plan for your life. So if you're visiting us this morning, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're investigating the claims of Jesus or whether you've done that and you're committed to following him, I want to say to you, come with us and we'll do you good. But as well as that, Moses was keen that Hobab went with them for another reason. And uh, you could argue that uh, you know, he'd, he'd worked this one out. But there was a good, another good reason for Hobab to go with Moses and the Israelites. 
And the reason was this. He knew the area. Moses knew that he could help. Moses knew that Hobab would be an asset to them, to be around. He knew the desert, it says. He knew where they could camp. He probably knew where there was water. He knew the area, perhaps better even than Moses did. And so the second thing I want to say to you this morning is this. First one was come with us and we'll do you good. The second one is come with us and you'll do us good. Come with us and you will do us good. See, God has given you, each of you here this morning, God has given you unique gifts, abilities, interests, passions, skills, spiritual gifts, and many of them are for the benefit of the church, the body of Christ. In fact, some of them can only find fulfillment in community. They don't work in any other scenario. They're not just for you, but they're for the blessing and serving of other people. And so I want to invite you, come with us and you'll do us good. Now, some of those gifts and skills and passions can be used in other areas of life as well. And that's great, and I'd encourage you to do that and to make the most of all that God has given you. Some of the things can be used in other arenas and in the church, and that's great. So maybe some of you this morning, I don't know, maybe you're a musician. Well, hey, we love musicians. Come with us and you'll do us good. Maybe, for example, God has given you, I don't know, a a real passion to serve people uh, who aren't as well off as you, perhaps. And uh, maybe God has given you a passion for people who, for whatever reason, have ended up on the streets and are homeless. And you're just looking for a way to be able to serve those sort of folk have got into those sort of situations and and want to give yourself to to serving people like that. God has put that passion in your heart. You're thinking, I'm not quite sure how I can work it out. Well, you can start to work out those sort of things in the church as we look at opportunities of serving people in the city and beyond. Maybe God has gifted you in business. Maybe God has uh, given you a gift of being able to make money. Maybe, you know, you've got a skill and a passion and an excitement in a sort of the business world. You just love starting up companies and you just love seeing them grow and develop and then selling them on and going to the next thing. Maybe you've got that sort of entrepreneurial spirit about you. Well, hey, come with us and you'll do us good. We need people like that in the church. Yes, people who can give financially and pour money into God's kingdom, but also who have that sort of, you know, entrepreneurial passion about them, about starting things and making a difference and seeing things grow. Maybe you just love to serve people. You've got that sort of heart that's always looking out for somebody who just looks like life's a little bit tough for them. And you just love doing something simple like cooking a meal, taking it around, saying, hey, just wanted to serve you and bless you. Maybe you love doing that. Maybe you love opening up your home and having people in. Come with us. And you'll do us good. Come and bless us. Come and get stuck in. And you can give as well as receive. Be part of what God is doing. So come with us. Bring your gift. Bring your passion. Bring your enthusiasm, your excitement, your interest, the gift that God has given you. Come with us and you'll do us good. The people of Israel were always meant to show the other nations around what it was like to follow God. 
they had a purpose together. It wasn't just a deal for them and God, but rather they were meant to demonstrate to other people what it was like to have God right at the centre of their nation, right at the centre of their life. And so the third thing I want to say to you is this. Come with us and together we'll do Derby good. Come with us and we'll do you good. Come with us and you'll do us good. Come with us and together, hey, we can do Derby good. Now, as I as said earlier, and you may have guessed from my accent, uh, I didn't grow up in Derby. I grew up in southeast London, North Kent, if I want to sound posh. The reality is southeast London. And uh, that's where I grew up and uh, got a, uh, worked for a number of years in the city of London and uh, commuted in each day from, from the suburbs and then got another job in a sort of London area. Never really expected to leave the southeast. Never really expected to, to leave the London area, enjoying life there. I was involved in serving in a local church and uh, really didn't have any great plans to move away. Uh, all my family was from that part of the world and, and still are. And I really had no plans to, to move anywhere outside the M25. I mean, was, was there life outside the M25? I think so. And then one Sunday morning, I was in a church meeting and I was sitting there thinking, well, it's just a regular Sunday. And I'm just there in church and I've been worshipping God. And now I'm listening to the pastor speak. And I, I didn't go with any great expectation that morning. It was just a normal Sunday. And then suddenly, God broke in. Suddenly, God spoke to me very, very clearly. I was listening to the, the pastor of the church speak about starting churches across the Midlands. And he explained how he and his family were going to move from southeast London to Leicester to start a new church. And uh, as he talked about this, he started to list off a number of towns and cities all across the Midlands that New Frontiers, which is the family of churches we're part of, wanted to see started in these different places. And so he listed off places like Leicester and Loughborough and Nottingham and Rugby and Coventry and Derby and Nuneaton and Northampton. And then so the list went on. And as clear as day, when he mentioned Derby, I felt God speak to me about planting a church, starting a church in Derby. Well, I have to confess, I didn't know where this place was. Uh, all I knew that apparently it was in the Midlands somewhere. So I had to go home and get my map out and think, well, where is this place? And, uh, but I knew that God had said something. I knew that God had spoken. And this would have been um, probably around about Easter time uh, of 1997. And uh, by the summer of 97, I had moved to Bedford. And uh, I'd started a, a course, a training course in church planting. And then a year later, I moved to Leicester. And a year later, I, I moved to Derby. You can see that God was taking me up the country slowly. <laughs> he knew that I needed to acclimatize, just get used to the, the journey, get some warmer jumpers or whatever it might be. Um, but, uh, you know, within a couple of years, I was here. And uh, here with four other mad, pioneering wonderful people and uh, we knew that God had spoken to us we didn't know much about the city we were learning fast we knew that God had spoken to us about starting a new church here 
And for quite a while, we traveled to Leicester on a Sunday. And we started a small group here in the city. And uh, there are some of you here this morning, even, who are part of that really early small group. And uh, over time, we grew, started a Sunday afternoon meeting after a little while to begin to reach some people in the city. And then in uh, 2004, we started a Sunday morning meeting uh, at the Waterfall Bar and Cafe, just the venue we've just left. And now we're here. And we've started meeting here just in the last couple of weeks. And you're here this morning for what we've called our launch here at Quads. <clears throat> and so that's how we got here, because God spoke and said, I want you to start a church in Derby. I want you to go to that place and reach people there. And so come with us, I'm going to say, and together we'll do Derby good. See, I love this place now. I didn't grow up here, but I've got a great love for this city and the surrounding area. I love being here. Maybe you're not from Derby here this morning. Maybe you're thinking, I wonder what it's like there. It's a great place to live. It really is. It's a great place to work, to study, to be. And it's great to see the money that's being invested in the city and the new developments that are all around, as you can see. And uh, I want to encourage you, it's a great place to be. Maybe this morning God's speaking to you about being here also. See, come with us and together we'll do Derby Goods. As a church, we're looking for opportunities and ways to serve people, ways to bless people, ways to make a difference in the city. You see, because Christians are in the city of Derby, surely Derby should be a better place to live. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the fact that there are some Christians in Derby, it should, be, it should make it a good place. Because there are some Christians around seeking to do good and to bless people and to serve people, to help people. So we've done some things as a church. Over recent years, we've hosted thousands of young people each summer who are looking to serve different communities and serve people across the city. Currently, we run something called Smile, which is a project where we serve families who have got children with additional needs and look after their kids for them and give the parents and carers a break. And it's great to be able to serve some of those families. One of the, the mothers said to us, a few weeks after we'd started, she said, I was able to go home and I had a hot cup of tea for the first time in as long as I could remember. And I sort of looked quizzically at her thinking, how come? And it became apparent very quickly that her child was uh, quite demanding of her time. And so if she'd made herself a cup of tea, invariably, by the time she'd done that and sort of sat down to drink it, he'd want her attention again and it would get cold on the side. And for something as simple as that, this made a real difference in her life. You see, we should be making a real difference in people's lives. There are other things across the city that we're beginning to get involved in that are happening as well. Things like pregnancy crisis. A number of local churches in the city are looking at uh, serving people with that sort of ministry. If you're out in Derby on a Friday or Saturday night, you'll probably come across the street pastors who are Christians looking to serve people who are out there late of an evening on Friday and Saturday just to help and to serve and to bless. And often I'm told, give out flip-flops. Apparently that's one of the big things, to give out flip-flops to girls who have gone partying in high heels. And by the end of an evening, two, three o'clock in the morning, they're just too tired for the high heels anymore. I'm reliably informed that's correct. I don't know from personal experience. <laughs> but, you know, things to be able to serve people really practically. We should, friends, 
be making a difference, changing culture where we live, where you work, where you hang out, where your friends are. If you're a Christian this morning, your place of work or study or social time should be a better place because you're around. Derby should be a better place because there are Christians here doing some good. So Jesus spoke about being salt and light. And uh, light brings light to a dark place and bring the light of God in. But as well as that, salt. What does salt do? Well, salt preserves and salt adds flavour. So as a Christian, you've got a, a job to do in preserving, like preserving society. We don't need anybody to persuade us, do we, that society around us, this nation, is on a bit of a downward spiral. You look at all the stats and they're not good. As Christians, we should be seeking to preserve. But as well as that, we should be seeking to add flavour, just like salt does. Salt makes food taste good. We should be making life taste good for people. So come with us and together we can move forward in the purposes of God. Come with us and together we'll do Derby good. Now, we've got a long way to go. We're not there yet, but we're on a journey. And I don't want to sound this morning like it's only us either, because there are many good churches in this city. And we've got great relationships with the vast majority of them. got many good friends in lots of other churches across the city. Some of you this morning are visiting from some of them, and it's great to have you with us. Thank you for being here. I had a phone call just uh, a week or two ago from another pastor in the city saying, have you started at Quads yet? I just phoned you to say, I hope it goes well. I hope it goes well for you. So we've got some good friendships with some other great churches in the city. And together we're able to accomplish a lot that we couldn't do on our own. And we are looking to do that. But as well as that, we want to play our part. We want to make sure that we're bringing our weight to the, to the game. We want to play our part in serving the city as well. See, we've got a city to reach with the gospel. We've got a nation to see turn to God. We're part of a, a family of churches called New Frontiers. And uh, together we've got a vision to see lots of churches started all across this nation. Because we believe that in starting local churches in towns and cities across this country, it's a good way of reaching people with the good news of Jesus. And it's a great way of serving people and blessing them as well. So the task ahead is too great for any of us to just be a spectator. So I want to urge you this morning, come on board. Get involved in what God is doing. You see, people don't need to be persuaded that there's a better way to live. People who have got challenges and difficulties in life don't need to be persuaded that there's a, a better way to live, but often need to be shown that there's a way to live in relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't have to try and make Jesus relevant. Friends, he is relevant. What we need to do is to show that he's relevant, both to this city and beyond. We want to do this nation good. We want to do the nation's good as well. So let's begin to wrap up. If you're a Christian here this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to urge you even, get connected somewhere. Get connected somewhere. It may not be here. That's okay. It's better that you're connected than uh, somewhere. 
than not at all. Maybe you're new to the city. Maybe you're a student who just landed in Derby. You're new to the place. I want to encourage you particularly. Don't just spend the next year you know, wondering which church to be part of. Decide really quickly which church you're going to get connected to and get involved and serve and be part of it. Don't just be a spectator. Get in on the game. Be part of the action. Be involved in what God is doing. See, in the New Testament, there's no idea of the lone Christian. There's no idea of somebody trusting Jesus and then just walking through life on their own. That's a totally foreign concept to the New Testament. Always in the New Testament, you find the phrase, people were saved and added. Always go together. Saved and added. So people made a response to Jesus. They trusted in him and immediately they were added into a local community, a local church, a body of believers. And that was a place where they grew, where they were discipled, where they, they learned to serve, where they were able to serve others and reach the city that they were part of. Saved and added always go together. So I want to ask you, have you been saved? Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you been added in? Even now, are you added in somewhere? Or are you looking, wondering if this is the place even? Come with us, I might say to you. But I'd also say to you, get connected somewhere. Even if it's not Jubilee, that's fine. Just get connected somewhere. Be added in somewhere. Hebrews 10, 25, the writer to the Hebrews says this. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Even today, some are still in the habit of giving up on meeting together. I want to urge us, urge you this morning, don't give up. Don't give up on God and don't give up on church. Maybe you had a bad experience in the past. Maybe things didn't work out for you. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you've even thought, I'll just go along this morning and see what it's like. Maybe it's almost a last chance saloon is how it feels for you this morning. Hey, don't give up. Don't give up. Be added in. At the end of Ephesians 2, it talks of being built together. And that verse only makes sense in terms of community, in terms of the church together. So be built up, be built in. In 1 Peter, Peter says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God has called us together to be a people. His purposes are caught up in the church. Don't give up on it. God hasn't got another plan. The church may not be perfect. We're certainly not perfect. But God's plans are still tied up in the church. That's how he wants to impact his world. We may not be perfect and we're certainly not. We don't pretend to have everything together. We're doing our best to build church according to the way we believe the Bible teaches. We're committed to the word of God. We're committed to reading this book, applying it, teaching it, building according to it. 
And we're also committed to the, to the Spirit, the Spirit, Word and Spirit together. We're committed to the presence of God, not just the Word of God, but His manifest presence even now, together as we meet. Word and Spirit, don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Sometimes you find churches that are strong on one, not so strong on the other. Well, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both and. And we're going for both and, Word and Spirit, Word and presence of God. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up on church. Maybe you thought you'd give it one more go. Don't give up. And also, don't just dream of the perfect church. Don't just think, oh, well, I'll join a church when I find one that's perfect. Because friends, you won't. Don't just dream of something else. Get stuck in now. Dumbledore says to Harry Potter in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, he said this, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Remember that, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Don't just dwell on what it could be. Don't just dream of joining a perfect church when you find it, because it doesn't exist. But live now. Get stuck in now. Be added in now and be part of reaching this city and the nation with the good news of Jesus. So what's your next step? Well, if you're not a Christian here this morning, I'd suggest to you your next step may well be Alpha. That's a good next step. And it may be if you think, well, I'm not sure what I believe. I think I'm a Christian, but I've still got some questions. Well, again, Alpha is a, it's a great course. I would commend it to you. So maybe that would be a good next step for you. Maybe you think that would be helpful. We'll see somebody on the welcome team. You go to the welcome area just in the foyer out the back there after the meeting. They can talk to you more a little bit about that. And if you're already a Christian, but you're not yet part of a local church here in Derby, I want to encourage you, get connected. Get stuck in. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking and our vision and some of our values. What's important to us? What has God spoken to us about? How are we building church? What's church life like around Jubilee? So maybe you want to find out more. I'd encourage you, I'd invite you, come over the next few weeks and you'll find out a little bit more about us. And that might help you decide whether Jubilee is the place for you to be added in, whether God's speaking to you about joining us. So if you're visiting us, Come with us and we'll do you good. Come with us and together we can move forward in the purposes of God. Come with us, bring your gift, bring your skills, bring your passion. And let's see what God will do as we move forward together. Come with us. We've got a city to reach with the gospel and a nation to see turn to God. The task ahead, friends, it's too, it's too big for any of us individually. But together, we can accomplish things that we couldn't do on our own. Together, we can do so much more. Together, we can make a real difference. So don't just be a spectator. Don't just be an observer. I want to invite you. Get in on the game. Get in on what God is doing. Come and get on board. Get stuck in. Play your part. This is a social network that is absolutely worth being part of.
Let's stand together. We're going to pray if a band can come up, please. We're going to close with a song in just a second. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to close with a song. And uh, while we're singing, if you've got children here in either the creche or in the kids' work, if you could go and get them, please, as we sing. And you can bring them back in here if you like, that's fine. And uh, then we'll be serving tea and coffee. I've got refreshments in the foyer just outside here. Please do stay around and chat. We'd love to get to know uh, more of you. Please don't feel you've got to rush off. And uh, if you're a student, don't forget, come over to the corner over this side and uh, the guys will be working out what we can do for lunch and uh, there'll be a, a lunch uh, over for students today. Okay, let's pray together and then we're going to sing as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have called men and women into relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us even for a relationship with you. And thank you, Lord, that you have made that possible. Thank you that Jesus has made it possible that we can have a relationship with you. And so, Lord God, we want to say this morning, we love that. We love to be with you. We love to follow you. We love the challenge that is following you, Lord. And we are praying now, Lord, for any who are looking in, thinking, I wonder if this is the place for me. I want to ask you, Lord, that you would speak and that you would be adding people in this morning. Father, for those who are uh, looking at getting connected somewhere else and thinking that's the place for them, I pray again, Lord, you'd build them in thoroughly and they'll be totally added into a local church. Lord, thank you that the church is how you are going to accomplish your purposes in this world. And so we ask you, Lord, build your church. Thank you for using us in the process. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one building the church. But Lord, we want to give you something great to work with. So this morning, Lord, we give you ourselves. We give you ourselves afresh that you might use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing and worship God together as we close. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.